Uh, Today we're going to take another step in our journey called Make Some Room. This whole summer we're doing a series called Make Some Room, so we've had all kinds of different messages. Last week uh, it was Make Some Room for Rest, and we talked about the Sabbath. And today I want to talk to you about sowing and reaping. Um, And I'm not much of an investor. Like We do put some money aside when it comes to investing like a percentage of our income we're putting back for retirement, trying to do our best on that. Um, but I, with the recent things that happened, um, like with the Brexit, you know, hashtag Brexit, the, the Britain exit out of the European Union, it's caused a lot of like stress in the global economy and people are really worried about how it reacts. And uh, for some of you that will remember it back uh, just a few years, and we're kind of out of the recession now, but it wasn't too long ago. We were experiencing a real recession And some of us in the room, you may have been really hurt financially by that recession. And one of the things that took place there is that a lot of people, the thing about long-term investing is that you've got to stay consistent and you can't be nearsighted. You can't just focus on what's happening right now. You have to focus with the the end goal and, and not move to everything that happens right away. What happened with the recession is that people that, you know, say they started out with $100,000 in their retirement account, then it went to 90, and then 80, and 70, and every single time, like, greater fear and stress and anxiety is happening because of what's happening in, in, in the financial markets, and then at some point, many people just said, okay, I can't take it anymore, and they took their money out. Well, here's the sad thing about that and why, in hindsight, anyone that's in this room that lost a lot of money through that would tell you they made the wrong move because anyone that stayed in and stayed consistent, things were super cheap, they tripled their money over the next six years. So that was a really painful lesson for a lot of people to not be nearsighted when you're investing long term. And here's the thing, as God's people, as his children, we're long-term investors, like, we, we're so blessed because we're, we're heirs of the kingdom of heaven. We've been given eternity. We've been given a hope for tomorrow, a joy and strength for today. Like, that's incredible. It's incredible. We're so blessed. And we invest in eternity. That's what Jesus said. He said, like, don't store up for yourself all the treasures in this earth, but invest in the kingdom. Invest in the kingdom. And so when we talk about sowing and reaping, many of the scriptures are financial related. But what I want to explore today is, is stuff way beyond the financial stuff. That it, it, There's actually a ton of other things that we are sowing and we're also reaping. And so I want to help explore those a little bit as we dive into the text. Before we dive in, I I want to preface a couple of things because I think things have been taken out of context in this type of idea, sowing and reaping, I I think in a lot of ways. Um, Because one, this can really start to sound like karma um, if we're not careful. And we can lose sight of the grace of Jesus Christ that is our salvation that our faith in what Jesus did, not in what we do. So let's kind of go ahead and set that boundary line when we talk about sowing and reaping, that the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ, what he accomplished at the cross, not through our own works. Can I get an amen? Amen. So let's just set that boundary line. Also, this has been taken out of the context. Even early on in the, the early church, it was taken out of context because they, the people assumed that if someone got sick, 
that they had the reason they were sick or if they had the disease, they believed it was because they had sown some kind of sin in their life. That was like their assumption. And like everybody in this room would be like, someone that has cancer, that's not because like they, like we, we wouldn't factor that in. But there's probably a small percentage, very small percentage, maybe not even in this room, in Christendom that would still cling to that and be like, yeah, but like let's draw that boundary line. Like this, it's not a karma situation, but it's a principle in law of, of the world that God has created. Like God has, has set before us and in the world the foundation, uh, before the foundation of the world, the laws and principles by which we would abide by. Uh, I won't go into a whole thing on that. But, and, and he abides by them because he set them in place for us to experience and he can come outside of them anytime he wants. Um, but by and large, we live within them. Another place that happens is on the other side of sickness is when you're praying for healing. And some people will even say, and, and again, this is like another boundary line I want to draw where we can take this out of context. Well, if you would have just sown a little more faith into that prayer, then God would have healed you. Like, it's very easy for someone to say that that's not been sick or been diseased before. It's very easy for someone to say, well, you just need to have a little more faith. Well, you probably just need to get sick, <laughs> you know what I mean, to realize that they're putting every faith they can into it. So if you want a nice little Bible study, go in through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look through all the miracles that Jesus did, particularly things to do with healing, and see the different ways in which faith is involved. Sometimes it, it, it's a um, woman with the issue of blood where she fights through, and like it's a powerful moment of faith and like breaking through. Other times, it's other people's faith to drop a man down from the ceiling. Other times, Jesus just chooses he wants to heal somebody, and he heals somebody. Okay, so there's a, a lot of different factors in there. If you want a nice little Bible study, go into that. But I just wanted to preface that and kind of set some boundary lines because it's very easy for us to run in rabbit trails that aren't biblical. And, and, and so we, we have to view everything in context and in, in the, the fashion that uh, is, is true to all the scripture, not just a particular scripture. Are you guys with me on that? Okay, so let's look to Mark chapter 4. And we see this great parable from Jesus. I love Jesus' parables. Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. And, and it's basically this. I'll just kind of talk it through. You can read it. There's this farmer that's walking along, and Jesus is telling a story. This didn't actually happen. A farmer was walking along, and he started scattering seed. And, and, and some of the seed fell on a path, like a sidewalk. And then, like, the birds came in and ate it up, and it didn't last because it was scattered on, you know, a path that was really hard. And then other seed um, fell on the rocky places because there wasn't much soil there. I mean, just think about, I've got all these little stones, and it, it'll spring up. Weeds will spring up quick, but when the sun comes, like when it, it scorches it out and it withers very quickly, it's very easy to pull up because there's no roots in place. And then he, he goes on, others uh, fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on Good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Just leave the scripture up there for a second. You can see this in your life. You can see this with people that you've invested in, that you've sown into relationally. 
If you've been around the church for any um, little bit of time, you've seen, like, uh, maybe you've invited someone here with you before, or, or you came in, and you can see this in your own walk with God, that, man, there was a good word that was planted in you at one point, and then you went out, and, and man, that just never got into the good soil. Like, it was just scooped right up, or, or maybe um, you, you just never set the roots, or you've watched someone that, man, they sprung up, and like, oh, man, they're really mature in Christ all of a sudden, like, in a couple of weeks, like, they've really sprung up and we're really proud of what God's doing, but what we didn't realize is that the roots had not set in. The roots of what the gospel and the scripture and what it means to walk with God had not set in. So all of a sudden when they're ripped up, we're like, what happened to them? Like they they were just kind of sprouting up and things were amazing. Like you've seen this in your relationships before. You've seen it in your life. You, you, you've heard a good message, right, before, the good word that was scattered out, some seed that was planted and then as soon as you walk out, Monday comes and the worries of this life, the thorns begin to wrap itself around what was beginning to spring, spring up and it chokes it out and kills it. Jesus explains this. I, I'm not giving my interpretation. If you read through the rest of the text, those are Jesus' explanations. He actually breaks it down for the disciples. He walks away from the crowd, breaks it down to the disciples. He's like, look, I shouldn't have to explain this to you. You should get this already. But I'm going to explain it to you anyway. Um, sounds like something I do with my son. Like, I shouldn't have to be telling you to not hit your brother with a knife. Like, I shouldn't have to be telling you. But I'm going to explain it anyway. Like, you could poke his eye out, right? And it, so Jesus is doing that with his disciples. And he's, and he's breaking it down here. Um, and and he's, he's saying, like, look, sometimes that seed that, that, that's planted, that's scattered, gets choked out by the worries of life, our desire for money and wealth, different things. And so our, our question for us today, as we begin this kind of talk on sowing and reaping, is how do we become good soil? How do we become good soil? Because before you can be a tree that's planted up and sowing fruit and seed to the community in which you connect with, whether that be in your school, your place of work, in the military, the, the cashier or, or the per, person checking you out, wherever it's at, before we can get to that place, we need to be sown into. And before we can be sown into, we actually need to be good soil. And Jesus goes on to describe what good soil is. And I love it when Jesus makes it really simple, right? Because he knows that some of us are not the smartest you know, like me. So he, he knows that I, I won't get this. He knows that his disciples are, are not totally getting this, so he breaks it down for them. We're the good soil when we hear what God tells us to do, and we do it. Pretty cut and dry, right? Pretty, I mean, couldn't make it any more simple. Like, we become good soil when what he tells us to do, we actually do it. We become good soil and so uh, across this house, like if, if you want to be a sower, and I'm not just talking about in the financial realm, I'm talking about sowing into your children, sowing into your neighbors around you, before you can get to the place where you're reaping, you got to be fertile soil. you got to be good soil. When I look for people and ministry to invest in, I look for fertile soil. Man, that soil is soaking wet, and I just need to, man, they're, they're hungry for the Lord. Like, they're seeing God's face, and they're just ready. Like, they're whatever, like, they're just latching on to truth, and they're running with it. And not like, I keep hearing the same message six weeks in a row, and I still like, you know, 
It reminds me of John chapter 4 when Jesus comes back with the disciples after he's met with the Samaritan woman. And he's like, open your eyes. The fields are ripe for harvest. Harvest, Like you have this saying, four more months and then harvest. He's like, no, open your eyes. The har- harvest is like ready now. And like things that are happening in our world, it's, it's, it's priming us to be able to sow the love of God and the truth of, of God into people's lives. But first, we got to be good soil before we can reap anything in our own lives, let alone be able to actually fertilize and plant um, and sow around us. So it really begins with being good soil. Another kind of thought to tag on to that uh, is the, the next thing. Um, we had a, a couple that we had sown into for many years um, that were kind of fresh out of high school when we met them and we just began to invest in them as, as people and um, where we served at previously in Georgia. And uh, just we went a- a- along with this journey, and um, at times we wondered, like, if any of it was um, really getting into good soil, you know, at times early on in our relationship. But we haven't seen them in, in four years or so, and-, and got to spend about four hours with them this weekend. And most of that four hours was them hungry, asking question after question after question. And I could tell that that soil was so ready, that they were ready to be sown into. I, I watch the show Shark Tank a lot. I'm in like an entrepreneur mind. Anybody else watch Shark Tank? You like the, that's the, I like to watch that type of stuff. And, and one of the things that an investor is looking at is, is this business investable? Basically what he's saying is, when I add my money and my wisdom to this, is this thing going to spring up and get 30, 60, 100 fold? Like, can we multiply what's happening in this business? Do I trust this person with what's being, um, with what I sow in, with what I invest? And I think one of the things that some of us, we, we really don't grab a hold to, is that we need to be investable. And what I mean by that is teachable. Be really teachable. And that's what I saw at this young couple that we spent four hours with this weekend. It's just how teachable they were. And it just makes you want to pour more in. How I really began to care about people, because I didn't naturally like care about people. It was like not super in my nature to care. Like I was just super selfish, actually, for a really long time. And how I began to, to actually care was, first of all, having an honest prayer with the Lord where I said, God, I don't care. If you want me to do this, I need you to make me care. <laughs> I need you to break this hardness of my heart because it's real. And you might need to pray an honest prayer like that. But really, the second thing that happened beyond my honest prayer was surrounding myself with people who really cared about people. When they looked each other in the eye. They hugged each other and told each other they loved each other and they actually meant it. And it, and it changed me. It transformed me. I allowed myself to be sown into and not be like, dude, get your weirdness up off me with the hugs, man. Homie, don't roll that way. Like, instead of pushing them off, I just embraced and saw, man, they actually care. Like, I wish I cared a little more. And I, I, I became teachable in that moment. I think the same thing goes in the financial realm where I wanted to be selfish financially. I began to surround myself and see these incredible people of God who did not have all the money in the world, but they were givers. And like, I wanted to be like that. And so I surrounded myself with people like that. And I was sown into. I was teachable. And it's one of the, there's actually a book out called The Key to Everything. And it's all about teachability. About it, it, the key to everything is just really learning and growing and walking with God. And it's a, it's a, Powerful thought to unpack a little bit. So be good soil. Be sown into. Don't wait. Don't wait around and make excuses. But like, you, you, some of you probably need to go to someone that's in your field of business 
and say, hey, or, or maybe a field of business you want to get into, and you need to say, hey, let me buy you lunch. I'll buy you the nicest steak dinner for lunch or, or dinner if you'll just let me get some time with you, and you get hungry and be like, hey, I need you to invest in me. I need you to sow into me. And maybe that person's in this room. Maybe they live in another country. I don't know. But you, you need to get yourself in a place like where you're, you're investable and you're teachable and you're hungry to grow in the Lord. And I think it begins with being good soil, being ready to be sown into. Um, and I want to read Galatians chapter 6, um, verses 6 through 9. Um, and it says, it says this, Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. That's basically saying what I just said, right? Like, like go and pay for somebody's meal. If they're going to invest in you, it's, it's worth it. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not grow weary. Really the third thing is be patient. Be patient. Charles Stanley has this, this great quote that breaks it down. Um, you reap what you sow, you reap more than what you sow, and you reap later than what you sow. That's a very simple thought here. You reap what you sow, more than you sow, and later than you sow. We're in such an instant culture that when we sow something, like we're ready for an immediate return. Um, I, I think about Amazon. I reference Amazon a lot um, in, in regards to um, just our church ministry and what God's called us to do here because I, I, I saw like, it was like a prophetic moment for me and uh, there was this documentary about Jeff Bezos who's like the founder of Amazon and he was talking about how, like most business people, they look for an ROI, return on investment in two to three years. Like when they invest money, I want to see my money back quadrupled or, or tripled in the next two to three years. But Amazon looked at it very differently. They said, hey, we're, gonna, we're actually going to give everything away for free. Like your Kindle, that's at cost. Like a, most everything that they sell, like the stuff is actually like at cost. They're basically giving it away. He said, because we need to invest. We're not looking for a return on investment in two to three years. We're actually looking more seven to ten years. And so many of us, we're looking for immediate results immediate results. And the thing about sowing and reaping, and farmers get this, but in our instant culture where we can pick up anything and get it whenever we want, media content, like we have it to the second that it happens on Twitter or wherever else, on the news stations, when it happens, you're seeing it live happen. And we don't realize what, how that's impacting our spiritual journey with the Lord, is that we actually now expect those things of God and, and got the law that he has established in sowing and reaping, it doesn't work like that. You're not going to reap in the same season that you sow. One of the interesting things, if you'll go back to that Galatians 6 passage, is, um, yeah, thank you. Do not be deceived. Uh, let us not become um, weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The Greek for that proper time actually means regarding oneself regarding oneself. So the proper time for Lee is not the same proper time as for Jason. It, it, it's different for all of us. It's different because 
you're not sowing at the same rate or in the same way or in the same time that they're sowing. So you're going to reap differently. So one of the, two of the big things in our culture is the instantaneous kind of ex- expectation of results. And then secondly is the comparisons that we have. We constantly compare our reaping to someone else's reaping. Right? If they're reaping more in this season, well, it might have been because they sowed a little more in other seasons. And, and most of the time what we do is, is like that actually builds a wedge, but we've got to be really careful to, to not become embittered by what someone else is reaping. Rather, let's get inspired by what someone else is reaping. Let's be inspired to sow more. Um, I, I heard this great quote. I shared this a few weeks ago in our small group Wednesday night stuff. Um, and, and one of the leaders here at the church, she was talking about, she was living in a season of reaping, and she was just pumped about it. She's like, I'm just, I'm reaping like joy and love, and it had nothing to do with money. Like, I'm reaping joy and love in this season. She goes, I just have one regret. I wish I would have sown more love. I wish I would have sown more. I thought that was such a profound thing. She didn't even realize how profound that is. But when you're on the other side, you're like, man, I mean, think about that when it comes to uh, the regrets some in the room might have regarding um, the, the, the recession and the depression of what happened there. Man, I wish I would have just stuck with it and not been nearsighted. I wish I would have given more. I wish I'd been a, a little more faithful in that. Your proper time is going to look different than someone else's proper time. So we've got to be patient. We've got to be patient. Um, things don't happen overnight. Um, and we've just got to be faithful with, with the daily journey. Let us not become weary in doing good. It's easy to, to, to get worn out by life and being consistent and not seeing results, right? I mean, doesn't that how that, isn't that how that quote goes about doing the same thing, expecting different results, um, you know, the highest form of insanity? But really, when it comes to the things of God, it's the highest form of faithfulness. Is, is walking those things. And I'm not talking about methodology stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being faithful to God, loving the one in front of us. And, and, and this whole idea of, of sowing and reaping goes far beyond money. Hold off on that point. We'll get there in just a second. Um, it goes far beyond money. So, like some of the things that we're sowing into our life, we're sowing fear. Like we, sometimes there's like moms in the house that you're sowing fear into your home. You're sowing fear into your children and like, hey, you're gonna, it's going to be reaped more than what you sow it now. The opposite of that is true. Like if you sow peace, if you sow, sow life into that child, like you'll reap that more much later. In fact, and that this is an encouragement to parents that don't see the fruit happening yet or, or it's discouraging and we're wondering like, hey, I've actually been faithful. Like for the past 15 years, I've been doing everything I can but it doesn't seem in the proper time, in the proper time, you'll reap if we don't grow weary, if we don't lose that hope, if we don't give up. So just stay consistent. Like our timing is not the Lord's timing. Everybody say amen. <laughs> like it's not, it's not the same. And so just be faithful. Be faithful what he's put in front of you and be careful what you sow. Because you may be sowing fear into your child. A lot of the things that we have going on in regards to hate and racial stuff, it's because parents have been sowing hate. Those children are not born hating each other. That's been sown in by parents across this country. And this is kind of, I probably should have said this earlier, but guard yourself. 
whatever bias that you might have. Like you, there's some things that have been sown into you and you need to pluck them out because they are thorns that will choke out the seed of what it means to be faithful to God. Is everybody with me there? Like be careful of those things because they, will, they, they can happen, okay? Even to people who are like, nope, never had like any kind of racial bias or anything like that. Even you, there's probably something in there that's working its way in. It may not have to do with race. It may have to do with socioeconomic classes. It may have to do with certain occupations. It may have to do with pastors. I don't know. Like, it could be anything. Like, so um, guard your heart from that. Be patient in the process. Your season will not look like someone else's season. We'll go to the last point. Be faithful. Be faithful sowing. Be, just be a faithful sower. Sometimes we're like ready for the reaping season, but if you want a reaping season, you first got to learn to live obedient, an obedient season. You want a reaping season? Live in an obedient season, and you'll start reaping. Remember, because that's what good soil is, right? That's how we begin to grow. I mean, think of an oak tree that begins as an acorn, and it takes a long time to become an oak, but once it does, all you see on the ground is acorns. There's a lot of sowing, and in the forest, over a long period of time, those grow up and produce a lot of seed, those acorns. And so we've just got to be faithful in the process. And faithfulness, simply, Jesus is saying to be good soil is just to be obedient. What he tells us to do, we do. Like, just to not just be like the person who looks at themselves in the mirror, then walks away, then forgets. But to, and not just be hearers of the word in which we come in, we get patted on the back, we, we put, do some nice religious things, people think life is okay, and then we walk out and nothing ever changes. Like, something has to change in your life for that to, to really change, like for you to turn around and actually grab a hold of it. And I believe it starts with the soil, being good soil, being teachable, and letting God. I, I, I went through a season of my life where I was struggling with teachability, and God placed me in a church. I was actually traveling a lot of the time on the weekends, um, and it was really hard for me to get planted in a church. Some of you get that, understand that. But he planted me in a church that was really close to my college, and I liked the pastor, and the music was terrible. Um, and I just really got connected there, um, my heart-wise. I didn't get to meet a lot of people because I wasn't there very much. But God taught me a lot during that season because um, I was actually traveling. I was ministering through music in a lot of churches, and every environment was so different, and, it, and I just got really jaded towards everything, and I, I didn't know this person, so I didn't know if I respected them or if I cared what they had to say. I went through a lot of bad preachers <laughs> and a lot of bad music, and the, the one thing that God was really teaching me in that is that learning and learning from the Lord had nothing to do with what they were saying. It was about me opening my heart to God's word and to his spirit to teach me. And we have to take ownership for that. And we have to take personal responsibility. Otherwise, it's just religion. And we're just like being spoon-fed religion. One beautiful thing about the, the principle of sowing and reaping. Um, Leviticus 23 gives us this picture. And God says to Israel, like, don't go back through your fields. And go, don't go to all the corners. And, and, and don't go back through a second time and pick up everything that you've reaped. Like, make, you know, to make sure, like, all the scattered stuff, there's no leftover strawberries on the plants, you know. I grew up in the strawberry capital, so I think in strawberries sometimes. Don't go back through a second time, but in fact, leave that. Leave that for the foreigner. Leave it for the widow. Leave it for the orphan. Here's the thing. Like, your sowing is not all about you. It's not all about you. 
you're usually the first recipient that we actually read that scripture in the past couple of weeks. That you're the first recipient of it. But our sowing is also about our kids. It's also about other family members and friends that were in their lives. It's about the widow. It's about the orphan. Ruth, you know Ruth in the Bible. She was one that went and she asked Naomi, can I go and just like look the fields for scraps? Like when we sow, when that reaping season comes, it's not just for us. It's for the kingdom. It's for those that have less. It's for the poor. It's for the orphan. And so I I want you to, to be inspired today just to be a faithful sower. Before we can get to that place, we've got to have good soil. Our hearts have to be tender towards God's teaching. And how we're good soil is when he says something, we walk it out. It's a really simple message today. Um, in light of a lot of things going on, are, are, it can be very heavy to think about. And so a simple thought is very important for us today to walk away and sow love into your home, sow peace into your home. Maybe it's financially. God is dealing with you on that. Maybe you've just been hearing that and, and not responding, and God wants you to walk in that faithfulness that he's asking you to. You reap what you sow. In fact, you reap more than what you sow. But it's going to be later, so be, be faithful, be patient. I want to pray with you. I want to ask you to stand. They're going to lead us in a final song, and uh, Taryn's going to come up and invite us to the table here in just a moment. This is the time in our service that we call response time. With the hearing of God's word, how do we respond to it? Do we respond to it, think about it, hear, let it burn our ears, and then just go away and and everything's the same? Do we hear it and we receive it? Do we come and celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ? It's a response time. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your people, and I thank you for your word that is so alive. God, it's sharp. It's sharp. It cuts me. It's cutting so many of us uh, in this place. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Um, and it divides, God, where, where sometimes we're fooling people, God, we're not fooling you. Um, God, help us to know clearly the truth about this principle and what you teach on it, God, that we might walk in it, that we might be a people that are truly bring light into a dark place, that start things all over the globe, God, that we have an opportunity to invest in the orphans and the widows around this earth. God, that we are a light in this neighborhood and around every nation that you give us influence. We just want to be faithful, God. We just want to be obedient. Help us to walk in that truth, and uh, we celebrate your love and grace today in Christ's name.